Hey everyone, Tucker Dixon here with your weekly recap. Last week, we visited the Great White North, Alaska. Vinny started us out with a man who, somewhere between the baking, the hunting, the gun collecting, and the prostitutes, I realized he would be my new best friend. Hopefully he'll be out of jail soon. I'm not going to say anything about Carl's creep to honor his wishes. Also, I've been told by the government that I should not speak ill of Israel. As for my creep, it would have to be Sarah Palin. She claims she can see Russia from her Alaskan house, but she did nothing to warn us about this Ukrainian-Russian war. We could have crushed those Ukrainians by now! That's all I got for this week. Tucker, out. Good points. Holy shit. (laughs) Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. I do know they are very much against uh, pedophilia. They fight it very hard. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos. Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps by creeps for you creeps. I am your host. The tower of power, too sweet to be sour. The people's champion. And I am proud to say that I am doing a show with my wonderful co-host. He is the brains behind WATP. He's just, look at him, folks. He's handsome too. Cause he's a handsome guy. Do, put your hands together for him. Do, do, do well. He's the man. It's c- 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 what is happening, Vinny Paulino? Great to see you, my friend. It's nice to see you too, man. I'm in a good mood today. Good. I'm glad to do a show with you. What's going on? Why are you in a good mood today? I don't even know. I shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I know. frankly should be really mad. I know. I thought you were. I'm. You know what I'm happy about? You in a good mood is weird because I thought you were about to murder someone a minute ago. I am happy that yeah. we're using this new software. Okay, yep, yep. We got we're OBS. streaming live today. Uh, we're having we're some fun. We're back on YouTube that. for the first time in months. Yeah, live. yeah. We're giving this a shot. We're going to see what happens. Cool. And uh, Godspeed. I would even say Excelsior. True believers. Upwards and onwards. Now, to. <laughs> Last week's episode, we went to, as Tucker Dixon said in the recap, to Alaska. That's correct. And uh, I had a guy who hunted women for sport. Yep. Carl had a guy who st- who had murder uh, caches all over the country where he would go and just pick up a couple grand and some guns, go murder someone, and then fly back to his house in Alaska. Yep. And I hate to say it, Carl, you got me. Yes, yeah, 61% of the vote going to Carl. Thank you to the cousins out there. I see what you did there, and I approve of it. Well done, everybody. Well, I'm on the board this round. Two to one. It's two to one, buddy. Yes. It's two to one. We're having a good time. I need that. I need this that is a, This is a healthy round. I it feel good about good. it. And today, we are going to honor the people who mean the most to all of us. Mm. Well, most of us. <laughs> some of us have some issues with them. Our mothers. Ah, Mother's Day is coming up. Yeah, not every mother is like... Just an awful bitch whore like Carl's. A lot of them, are, a lot of mothers are great. 
they raise their children right. So I brought Mrs. Hamburger today. Is that appropriate? Or how does I think that it's, work? I think you nailed it. <laughs> so uh, do you want to get this round started, Vinny? I don't know. Do we have any other announcements or anything we want to talk about? Well, the reason I'm in a good mood is mainly because of the fact that tickets went on sale for the stand-up show. Yes. Who are these comics.com live in Nashville, May 14th? It'll be myself. It'll be Shuli Egar. We're yes. going to co-headline this show. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's going to be hosted by you, sir. That's correct. Making your stand-up comedy debut, That's so to speak. That's correct. And uh, also, someone who's a veteran of stand-up comedy, Vic the Review Girl. Yeah. Will uh, also be on the show. I, uh, I, I hope she serves stand-up better than her country. I don't know why you keep forgetting that detail when you promote this show. Because uh, I don't why care. That out? Like I, This is sympathy. <laughs> this is sympathy for the poor girl. It's going to be great. I got a fun surprise for you I'm going to announce later in the show, too. Oh, You're awesome. really going to enjoy. Awesome. All right. Ring that bell, Carl. You're going first. All right. I will go first. And no, I didn't bring Mrs. Hamburger. That would be ridiculous. She's a fine a- lady. Fine, fine lady. Did, did the best job that she could. I am bringing... You didn't give her a lot to work with. I agree. Correct. Uh, you know, I wish I wish she hadn't broken my feet before I was born. <laughs> she that. hobbled you at birth? <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, she's great. Uh, I brought a woman named Teresa Knorr. Are you familiar with Teresa Knorr? Not at all. I'm excited. Interesting. So the movie The Afflicted is based on her. She's a bad, bad mom. Okay. Very, very bad. Now, she lost her mom when she was 15 years old. And at the age of 16, she decided to drop out of school and get married to her boyfriend who's five years older than her. Okay. And uh, they had uh, a baby right away, her and Clifford. That's never good for a young couple. No, no, you want to have the honeymoon period, you know, have some fun for a little bit. But no, they just started making babies right away. They were very uh, abusive to each other. And uh, apparently this Teresa thought that Clifford was cheating on her. She was very jealous all the time. And she she would get in these fights. And uh, when she was pregnant with their second child. Oh, my God. Clifford said. Fighting, but still fucking. I mean, they got a chance, this young couple. I'm leaving you. I'm I'm done here. This oh, is Dunzo. He's leaving. And he's walking out the door, but not before she could shoot him in the back with a shotgun oh, and no. murder Clifford. So she goes on trial for murder. Now hold on. She shot him in the back. In the back as he's leaving. Hey, not a lot of defenses for that. No. <laughs> There's not a lot there of good defenses. For but that. during the trial, she took the stand and cried her eyes out, and the jury found her not guilty and she was released. She was trying to say how abusive he was, and she feared for her life, and that was the only choice she had. He was about to abuse the door handle, Your Honor. Yes. I had to stop the monster. So she decides to go ahead and get married again, and she gets married to this guy, Robert Knorr, and they have four children together. So she's good for six now? So now she's good for six children. Okay. Two from uh, the first marriage, four from this marriage. But she has the same problems with Robert. She's constantly accusing him of cheating on her and all this crap. And she's going out and partying all the time. So he decides to leave her. So she's going out and partying. She's going out and partying. Especially after Robert leaves her. Then it's just like all on, like just drinking all the time. Going out. She's married two more times. And by the time she's 30 years old, she's been divorced four times. Jesus. The single mother. With six kids with by six 30. Kids. And Robert wanted visitation. Remind me what year this is. Uh, so this is going back to the 60s. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, early 70s we're talking about. That makes sense to you? Yeah. <laughs> Who says women can't achieve? So um, 
Robert actually wanted to have custody of his kids, and she did not let him have custody of the kids. So she's got six kids, single mom, doing it all by herself. Now, she had some issues. She was getting fat. She wasn't looking all that attractive. And she blamed all of her problems on her children. Okay. Which, I mean, she's not wrong, right? I, I'm going to say yeah, but... Maybe some of them are partially her problem, but... From what I understand, you're not supposed to let them know. <laughs> right. You're supposed to keep that inside. Yeah. Maybe tell them when they're in their 20s or 30s and have their own kids. Be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you I'd... should hear the shit I say to my dog when I have to go home in the middle of something to go let him out. Oh, yeah, your dog knows. The uh, fucker just ruined my afternoon. You but, like, you can't do that to a kid. It scars them. Well, you know what else scars children is torture. This is uh, what our friend uh, Teresa was up to with these kids. Oh, no. Teresa forced them to practice all kinds of torture. She would make them sit still on the kitchen floor to slap them. She would throw razors at them. She would point a gun at their heads. She would put cigarettes out on their skin. It, it was a real torment. So I'll just read what Wikipedia has to say about this. For years, Nora abused and tortured her children in various ways, including beating them, force feeding them, burning them with cigarettes, and throwing knives at them for fun. She made her children hold each other down while she assaulted them. In one instance, Nora held a pistol to her youngest daughter Terry's head and threatened to kill her. Jesus. Nor primarily focused her anger and abuse on Terry's older sisters, Susan and Sheila. In an interview, Terry said her mother resented that Susan and Sheila were maturing and blossoming into attractive young women while she faced the prospect of losing her looks as she aged. So she actually accused her daughters of being witches and casting spells on her that made her gain weight and lose her attractiveness. So if you if you have witches in the house... Did you got to do something. Did they tie them up and throw them on the lake just to test to make sure that, you know. No, but, you know, the old burning at the stake thing? Yeah. All right. Let's see what happens here. Oh, uh, let's. This is just a fun clip talking oh, about no. talking about some of the torture that's going on oh, here. Oh, no. Always controlling, Teresa began to become more violent and unpredictable. She accused her children of things that they had not done, and she would beat them for their imaginary actions. Her children described the weapon she would beat them with as the Board of Education. <laughs> the Board of Education. My principal pulled that shit. Three-foot-long board that was about one and a half inches thick, with an electrical tape wrapped around one end to form a handle. Teresa would make the other children hold her siblings down while she beat them. Her abuse didn't stop with beatings, though. She would burn her children with cigarettes, force them to do grueling labor in the heat, deprive them of sleep, and throw knives at them as a game. She once Fuck locked game. Terry in a chest freezer for the supposed crime of telling other people that Teresa didn't take care of her children. But the worst of her anger and abuse was directed towards her daughters. In an interview, Terry said her mother resented that Susan and Sheila were maturing and blossoming into attractive young women while she faced the prospect of losing her looks as she aged. Oh, uh, okay. So you know what this really is all about here, Vinny. It wasn't just for love of the game. She just, <laughs> yeah. she she was just passionate about the game. She was, was like, we're going to, everybody sit still. We're going to play knifey, knifey, ouch, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> A woman's outward appearance isn't all that matters, okay? Have you stopped to consider that maybe, just maybe, you're jail? Nobody likes a girl who's jelly. That's right, Teresa Knorr. You're being very jelly of your daughters, and nobody likes that type of behavior. So I wanted to ask you what your take was on this, because she I'm against all of everything so she far. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, this one's interesting. For though. the record. So Susan's the oldest daughter, and she is the most attractive. She's, she's uh, thin. She looks great. And here's Teresa getting fat. So she decided that she wanted her daughter to be fat, too. 
Teresa would make huge pots of macaroni and cheese, adding in hunks of lard, and force Susan to eat it all. If Susan got too full to eat any more, Teresa would force spoonfuls of the food into her mouth. If Susan vomited, Teresa would make her eat that too. You know when I said I was against everything? Yep, that's what I was wondering. Now, making her eat the vomit is probably pretty bad, though, right? Even by your standards, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I would imagine. I mean, yeah. look at, where we live, we, we'll eat a garbage plate or two, but that's where we draw the line. That's pretty much where I draw the line. Th- that's pretty bad. That's pretty gross. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little sickened by that, yeah. All right. Here's a longer clip, but um, Susan didn't last very long under these circumstances. Sure. Really. Susan became delusional from the infection and pain and soon slipped into... Oh, okay. I should uh, point out what happened before this. So they had Susan tied up to the dining room table for uh, for months. They decided to untie her, and um, Teresa gave Terry, the youngest daughter, a gun to hold at her so that she wouldn't go anywhere. Sure. And uh, they were in there like making food or something. Someone dropped a spoon. It spooked Terry, so she shot her. And uh, so Susan was shot in the chest. Now, rather than bring her to the hospital, they put her in the bathtub and they sewed her up. And she actually survived that. Okay. The, wow. The problem was that the bullet was still inside her. And yeah, Teresa you're supposed was to take that out. You're not supposed to just stop the bleeding. Right. Well, Teresa was concerned oh, that that no. would be evidence that they could use against her. The fact that this, uh, her daughter has a bullet inside her. She thought that might be a problem. So they decided God. They decided we got to take this bullet out. So after she recovers from, okay. the, from being shot, she comes back, she recovers. They say, okay, we got to perform surgery. So she forces her sons to perform surgery to remove the bullet. And why the son's got to do it. The anesthesia she used was whiskey, which didn't work out real well. She has some ibuprofen too. Which didn't work out real well. And so it was like a little fun little surgery time at home. Lots of games they played at this home. <laughs> Throw the knife, operate on your sister. Lots of fun games. Anybody want to play doctor? Not with you, Mom. You're old and ugly. No, wait. I need you to come and get this surgery. <laughs> Do this surgery on your sister. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's see what happens here. Susan became delusional from the infection and pain and soon slipped into a coma. Teresa insisted Susan was just faking it and left her on the kitchen floor, instructing her other children just to step over her unconscious body. As Susan lost control of her bladder, Teresa put diapers on her. As Susan's body turned yellow from sepsis and jaundice, Teresa claimed it was proof that Susan was possessed by a demon. And the only way to exercise the demon, she believed, was with fire. On July 16, 1984, Nor packed all of Susan's belongings into trash bags, and after binding Susan's arms and legs and placing duct tape over her mouth, ordered her sons Robert and William to put Susan in the car. They drove her to Squaw Valley where Robert and William placed her on the side of the road on top of the bags containing her belongings. Teresa and Nora then doused Susan in the bags in gasoline and lit the girl on fire. Susan's still smoldering body was found the following day. An autopsy determined that she was still alive when she was lit on fire. Oh. This poor woman, this poor girl, oh. was shot, recovered. Then they tried to take the bullet out. And then she kind of got an infection from that. Died, almost died but then died being burned alive on the side of the road. And when they discovered her body, they couldn't figure out who it was. So now... Well, her skin looked yellow. She must have had a demon. Yes, they knew that. They knew that she was possessed, but that was the only thing they knew for sure. So now, with Susan out of the picture, uh, Teresa decides that Sheila's the problem. 
and she forces Sheila into prostitution to pay the bills because Teresa's not working. So then Teresa gets upset with Sheila because she thinks she got pregnant and got an STD. Oh, no. Yeah. So they decided to lock Sheila in a closet in their apartment. And not open the These door. These people do not believe in treating infections. <laughs> they, no, they do not. They locked her in a closet. She instructed the siblings to not open the door. This poor girl, Sheila, is in there yelling and screaming, pounding on the door until about three days later, it just stopped. She just stopped making all that noise. Got and real quiet. Was mom like, I guess she finally learned her lesson. Well... What's funny is that I don't know if Teresa forgot about her, just thought maybe she'd go away. But three days after that, she goes, kind of stinks in here. I think it's coming from the closet. It was out of sight, out of mind kind of deal. So they open up the closet and uh, yeah, she's dead in there. She had died from starvation and dehydration. I opened up the closet. Which My dead a, sister's in the closet. Which is a fun, <laughs> fun way to day. Too bad R. Kelly wasn't there. Come up with a tune or two. So uh, they threw her in the car, drove her out somewhere. My gangrenous uh, sister's in the closet. And burned her as well, burned her body. And what's funny is that they went back to the apartment and it still stunk. You know, just getting rid of the body didn't get rid of the smell. So Teresa's like, hmm, if people report me and the smells, they might start investigating. Let's burn the apartment down. Nah, I think she she started force feeding the rest of the kids beads. Like (laughs) she did the macaroni and cheese to make them all fart and stick the place up to hide That's not what happened, Vinny. That would be a hilarious thing to happen. But no, she burnt burnt the apartment down. Well, at least my idea was better. So, uh, So she got away with murder yet again. And uh, at this point, the kids are old enough that they all go their separate ways. And Teresa goes to Las Vegas, and she's living a life now in Las Vegas. The youngest daughter, Terry, is telling anyone who would listen to her about this. She tells her therapist. She tells authorities, the police. Everyone thinks she's making it up. She's like, everyone's just like, this is a crazy story. Your mom didn't. Your mom isn't this nuts. You're making all of this shit up, right? It wasn't until 1993 Jesus. the TV show America's Most Wanted highlighted these two unidentified bodies that were her sisters. And they said, anybody with information about this, she's like, all right, I'll try again. She calls them up. They decided to go ahead and believe her. And uh, they did bring uh, Teresa Nor to justice, as well as the two sons. Holy shit, little Adam Walsh did die for a purpose. <laughs> yes, he did. To bring this bitch to justice. That's correct. She is currently serving two life sentences in California, uh, crying on the stand didn't get her out of this one. Uh, so Mia. that is my creepiest mom, Teresa Knorr, uh, truly just an awful, awful person, even by uh, my standards. Yeah, I can't argue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's not like she did a bad podcast or anything, Carl. Right. It's not, it's not something that bad. She's not mom swipes left, but she's pretty bad. So where do I start? My creep today yeah. really upset me, Carl, and I Uh-oh. don't. this does not happen to me often. No, it doesn't. I told you before the show started to smell this glass. Yes. And what was in this glass, Carl? It smells like tequila. It is tequila, Carl. Yeah. It's not anything but tequila. It's a, it's a Blanco. It's pretty harsh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Vinny's chugging tequila. It's not like him. My creep today was a 33-year-old first-time mother on July 26, 2009. Mm -hmm. The date of the incident we're going to talk about today. Her name is Adi Sanchez. Adi. 
O-T-T-Y. Interesting. Terrible name. What uh, ethnicity is she? I believe they are Hispanic. Okay. So she's born in 76 into a family filled with crazy people. She doesn't know who her dad is. Her mother, her aunts, and her cousins all have mental health problems. She's an only child. She grows up she grows up in a house crowded with all of her other relatives. She never knows her dad, like I said. She lives in chaotic conditions. They're always moving houses, always moving. Lived in three different cities. By around high school. Sounds fun. World traveler, have your family around all the time? No, not this really. It's all good so far. No. By around age five, Adi Sanchez started hearing voices in her head. <laughs> yeah, clean up your room. <laughs> but but Carl, good here's the interesting thing. These voices were all like positive voices. They oh, were like, cool. Adi, you can do this. Yeah, like daily affirmations. That's cool. Yeah, it was like having Dora the Explorer living inside of you. Sweet. You can do it, Adi. Yeah. Yeah. You're special. Telling her that everything's going to be fine. Just basically like self-affirming voices inside of her head. Nice. But here's the thing. She's surrounded by other crazy people that are like outwardly more crazy. Yeah. So she gets no treatment for this during her childhood at all. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> no one appeared to have any is it, is regard it, Why would for you want kid? treatment? Hey, I'm hearing voices in my head that I'm awesome and I can do anything I want to. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, try to treat someone for that? that in my like family, you would be beaten down immediately <laughs> verbally. All right. Until you eat all your problems away. Now, her <laughs> uh, they said they described her as the most level-headed member of the family. Okay? Okay. She did very well at school. She graduated with enough good grades. She becomes a pharmacy tech. While she's doing school for this around 2003, she meets a guy named Scott Buckholtz, mm-hmm. who is a schizophrenic. Okay. Okay. Cool. So Scotty yeah. and Adi. Scotty and Adi. I like it. The two begin a dysfunctional relationship punctuated by frequent breakups, and Sanchez's mental illness worsened over the years because she started using drugs. Um, now, you know what? I, uh, I have to tell you. Drugs are bad. They're not great when you have severe mental illness. That's not drugs being treated. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. So her mental health worsens. She loses her job because she's displaying erratic behavior. What kind of drugs is she doing? Do you know? Uh, they did not say. Mm. So they did say that she like disappeared for a while and was using drugs. So I don't know how heavy. I don't like the general she's using drugs thing. You I know agree. What I, mean? I have a lot of friends who use drugs every day and they're fine. If I had the, <laughs> if I had the answer for this, I would have right, looked it enough. up. It would be in here because, you know, I get every nuance of the story. She bounced from one low-paying job to another, usually working in fast food restaurants. She also had a brief spell as a home health caregiver. So she's working shit jobs. By May 2008. Oh, fast food is not a shit job. It's a fun job. There's some perks. Yeah, that's going on the wheel of consequences. Get a job at a fast food restaurant and <laughs> work, work shifts. At the Wendy's up the street. Holy shit, that's, that's hysterical. Funny. That's like really you get funny. hired, you have to go that's work. That's a funny shifts. consequence. You have to work like three shifts <laughs> at a fucking fast food. Can I write restaurant? that on the application? This is for a goof. <laughs> that would be the fucking. Sir, you seem a little overqualified for this position. Yeah, I know it's for a goof. <laughs> it's a bit we're doing. <laughs> is it cool if my buddy buddy hangs out and fills me while I'm doing this? <laughs> We he's here anyway. He's here all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's actually sitting right over there. That guy? He needs to yeah. go to Biggie Fries. He's our best Dude, customer. Tell him to come idea. back more. We have to think about that. That all one's right. pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> so let's just fast forward to 2008. She goes to Austin, Texas with a friend on a little trip. Yeah. Her friend goes to get an acupuncture treatment for some reason. She wanders off, goes into a pharmacy where she spends the next 
nine hours going through everything on all the shelves, mm-hmm. saying that she's preparing for a non-existent trip to China. Okay. The staff eventually is like, this person is just in the store being crazy, so they call authorities. She gets a mental health arrest. They take her to the state hospital. She's there for 16 days. They realize she's schizophrenic as well. Okay. She's never been diagnosed to this point. So after he, she gets so released. So wait a second. The, the woman who's had voices in her head since she was five schizophrenic. Schizophrenic? Yep. No shit, Sherlock! No shit! Thanks for clearing that well, up. Well, I'm just trying to explain something that's very interesting here. September okay. 2008. She's, she's getting mental health treatment. She's on medication. She's getting better. Her life is getting better. Good. Things are going well. She's See, back. Dr- drugs are good. She's back together with Scott. Great. But uh, things changed when the clinic that she was going to was faced with budget cuts, and they informed Sanchez that they could no longer treat her for free. Mm. She would have, either have to pay for treatment or apply for government benefits. Okay. Sounds doable. This is where I have no sympathy for this creep. Okay. Uh, she was unable to afford the treatment, but she was so fucking lazy, she just said she didn't want to do the paperwork and applying for the government assistance. She simply stopped that going. That bitch. That paperwork. It, it, those are long forms. Carl. She simply stopped going and getting any treatment, stopped yeah. taking all of her meds. Around the same time, she and Scotty Buckholz. That's the problem with girls. They're either not taking enough drugs or they're taking too many drugs. I can't find any girls. It's somewhere in between. Yeah, it's either or. Right. A real 50-50 proposition with these ones. So by late September 2008, the end of the month, she finds out she's pregnant with Scott Wesley Buckholz's baby, who was born Scott Wesley Buckholz Jr. on June 30th, 2009. Oh, that's right. I forgot this is a story about mothers. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. taking a long time to get there. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, no, no, this it's is, fine. She, I just want everybody to know who we're dealing with here. <laughs> yep. Three weeks later, Sanchez had one of her frequent fights with Buckholz who mo- and moves out of his house. On July 20th, she moved with her baby into her home of her aunts and crazy cousins. Mm-hmm. That same afternoon, Carl, she shows up at the emergency room complaining of being emotionally stressed out. They gave her a flyer on dealing with anxiety and told her to leave. Yeah, that's, that's probably a ditto will probably help okay. her through this. On the afternoon of July 25th, Sanchez appeared at the home that Scott Buckholt shared with his mother, Kathleen. She claimed that she wanted to collect the baby's diaper bag, but she was acting so erratically that the mother urged her to seek some help. At that point, she starts accusing the mother of trying to steal the baby and wanting to breastfeed it. She then bolted from the house. Okay. Kathleen, the mother of the grandmother. Yeah. Calls the county sheriff's department and reported her concern for the child because she didn't put the kid in a car seat. Okay. It's like three weeks old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Car, car seats are important. Yeah. Uh, the police did nothing. Adi goes back to her house. In the, in the cop's defense. Like, what are you going to do? So <laughs> okay. she's been to the hospitals. They've done nothing. Yeah. The police have been called. They have done nothing. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't even believe that nothing happens. I can. What was the accusation that there was There's a, a, a three-week-old baby in a car without a car seat, and the woman's acting crazy. Do you know how often that happened in the 50s and the 60s? All the time, every day. This is San Antonio, Texas. It is the oh, yeah. Wild so West. They're, they're fine. They don't care. So she goes home. <laughs> Her cousin that lived there said that every, that evening, Adi was acting very irrationally and kept bringing her the baby and saying, take the baby. Okay. So the cousin took the baby for most of the evening. Then apparently Adi had calmed down, and the cousin was like, take your baby. I'm not taking care of this baby anymore. This is your baby. Right. So a few hours later, around 5 a.m., her cousin 
had to make a phone call, and I have the audio of the phone call, Carl. Um, okay. I wish it was a little bit better, but this is the actual 911 audio. San Antonio Fire Department, how can we help you? I need an at 351 Wayside Drive. 351 Wayside? Yes. The house or an apartment? It's a house. It's an emergency. And what's going on? What's the emergency? I'm sorry? What's the emergency? What's going on? What's up? My sister has... She's her, her child. Hello? Hello? Tell me what's going on. Don't talk <laughs> to the other people. Talk to me. My sister has... She's hurt her child. Seriously, you hurt her child. How did she do that? What's the, going on with the child? The baby is dead. She has... What Jesus Christ! The baby is dead. How old is the baby? The baby is three weeks old. Three weeks old? Not even three weeks old. What did she do to him? Oh, or, or her? She stabbed him. There's blood all over the bed. There's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. It took her a long time to get that story out. Jesus. Yeah, and I understand why. Do you? Because what's happening in the background is Adi is a raving lunatic screaming and yelling. She went into another room and like locked herself in another room to make the call to 911. <laughs> so the cousin goes out, and uh, she's still on the phone with the police, and she is answering some more questions. And just listen to more of this. Okay. So now Adi's stabbing herself. I, sister, I told you to come to me. So she's clearly delusional. Yes. Where did she stab herself? In the heart and in the stomach, she says. No, no, no. Where did she stab herself? I see a stab wound in her in her heart, yes. I'm looking at her right now, yes. She cut her own throat, too. She starts stabbing herself <laughs> while the sister is on the phone with 911. And... Listen to this part. If you could hear this in the background, I had to isolate this. Mama, calm down. I didn't mean to do it. He told me to. Is what she just yelled. So, what didn't she mean to do? Well, murder the baby. Is it? Is that what she didn't mean to do? Police officers <clears throat> and an ambulance obviously rushed to the address. They arrived at the scene so gruesome that many of them required trauma counseling after. A tiny decapitated corpse lay on a bed. Its skull cracked, cracked open with brain matter spilling out everywhere. Three That's of, fascinating. Please go on. Three of the baby's toes were missing, apparently chewed off. What? As if that was not bad enough. The skin of the child's face had been ripped away. It looked as though he had been attacked by a wild animal. Wow. Police say Sanchez chewed off three of her infant's toes and ate parts of the baby's brain. What? Not only that, she cut the baby's head off and genitals off. The autopsy report spells out the attack in nauseating detail. Mutilated genitals that had nearly decapitated and the skin flayed. Authority said... Sanchez ate parts of her son, including the brains. The medical examiners found apparent bite marks across the body. And she stabbed this baby and cut this baby with two samurai swords and a steak knife. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. So 
She's not doing drugs. She's just crazy. Well, is she maybe a vampire? Did you think about that? Is she a zombie? Maybe she's a zombie. There are certain people out there who eat people. It's the only way they can survive. In an interview after this with a psychiatrist, she said the voices told me to hurt Scotty. He was going to be the apocalypse. Further on in the interview, Sanchez explains the decision to kill her son, saying the voices told me to eat his insides. I was a harlot because I committed adultery. There was a demon in my stomach. The demons would come out of her stomach if she ate Scotty, the therapist explained. And she also explained that this had to be done by 5 a.m. So timetable, dude. Yeah. So she's sitting there and she's like, (laughs) this baby's going to be the apocalypse if I don't murder and eat him. Yeah, she fucking ate this baby, parts of this baby. Did it work? Did the demons leave her, her stomach? No. And that's the way the news goes. By 5 a.m., she believed that Scotty would evolve and he would no longer be possessed, and then they would be inside of her. Sanchez says the act of eating her child made her gag and throw up. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. But she kept doing it because the voices Ugh. kept telling her to. Oh, God. This episode could be hard to listen to. Uh, This is pretty brutal. It's not good. Really? I have the audio. Oh, you more audio? Of her talking to her therapist when they asked her about eating the baby. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, ribs. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. This is going great. Yeah. She was very remorseful. So... Obviously, the people are freaking out. The dad wants her executed. Sure. I mean, this is an an insane thing. And they decided to take it to trial instead of just locking her away. They put criminal charges up against her. (laughs) They decided to take it. Yeah. It's called America, Finney. Dude, sometimes they just send you to jail. Sometimes they send you to the nut hut. (laughs) Okay. They decided to be a trial for this murder. So during this trial, they say they found out the schizophrenia. And they said mixed with postpartum psychosis. Mm Mm-hmm. This is what caused this. She has a history of several hospitalizations, they said. So long story short, for her to be found insane, they had to decide if she knew right from wrong at the time of the murder. You can't eat a baby's brains and claim that you know right from wrong. The judge took five minutes to agree with them on this. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, send her away. They sent her to the nut hut after five minutes of reviewing the psychiatrist's charts. As she was being let out of the court, Scott, the dad, says, bye, Adi. She replied with, bye, I love you. <laughs> and outside of See court, soon. Adi's mother, Manuela, said that she was glad that her daughter had been given a second chance at life. And I'm sorry my grandson didn't get that same chance. Wow. The verdict means that Adi's case will be reviewed annually by a judge to determine if and when she can be released. Oh, God. As of right now, I believe, still locked up. Okay, good. Still locked up. So that is my creep. She ate a baby's brains. Well, she ate her own baby's brains. I ate a baby! She fucking ate a baby, Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a good thing to do. That's my creep this week. All right. I think we got a couple creepy moms. You can vote for who you thought brought the creepier mom on thecreepoff.com.com. Vote for Vanny. The, the creepoff.com.com. Carl, I think it's time for some voicemails. You ready to go? Yes. The Creep Off voicemail segment was brought to you by the city of Syracuse. A Syracuse pizza was recently shut down because its ingredients came from an unknown source. This is unacceptable. In Syracuse, 
we want you to know exactly which family dollar dumpster your food came from. See you in Syracuse. <laughs> They're running out of slogans. <laughs> That's not a good slogan <laughs> for your town. Yeah. That's not going to get people to go there, Syracuse. I mean, you got a billboard. You can't even read it all. You're driving by. Yeah, I agree with you, but Yeah. Every label, we have a special label to let you know which dumpster. <laughs> it's great. So uh, first voicemail, I, uh, I have to say, this is some nice positive feedback on the bonus episode we did last oh, week great. for Patreon. Hey, yo, just finished listening to the bonus. Amazing scumshirt. Carl, that advice you had about how to traffic drugs, fucking priceless. Came about 10 minutes. Too early though, or too late. Fuck me. Uh oh. I'm calling you from County. Yeah, uh, they found all my baggies. Don't put it in the glove compartment. But anyway. Never in the glove I'll box. Find a way to listen from jail. Have a good night, guys. The two Got places they always look your glove box and your asshole. Remember that, people. You know what's funny is I wonder what percentage of our listeners are currently in prison or jail while they're listening to the show. And is that why Syracuse advertises on our show? Because they're like, well, when you, once you get out, come visit Syracuse. It's basically Australia. Be with Syracuse your people. is just a prison yeah, colony. Just be with your people. Forever. So we'll judge you here. We're all we're all like you. I was talking to a comedian last night, a friend yeah. of mine, uh, Sherelle. She's hysterical. She played the uh, Syracuse Funny Bone this past weekend. She mm-hmm. was there for five shows, and like, there were three shootings inside of that mall recently yes i have seen the news on that yeah there's it's like uh the gangs have decided that's like uh, an area where they want to have their warfare going on yes apparently in the food court the food court is like gang territory now yeah she said she walked in there and she saw like 200 kids and like four adults can i just say food fights fun armed violence not as much fun throw your french fries don't don't shoot a gun i'm with you carl right we need Listen, I, cannot, listen I, I love a nice melee inside of a food court. Don't get me wrong. It's not like the food court is run by Nazis. You don't need to invade. <laughs> oh, what a fun time. Carl? Yes. I have some good news. By the way, that you. was a really good scum stream we did last week. It really was a lot of fun. For people who want to support us on Patreon and get bonus episodes where you can find them. And merch. And we get merchandise, too. You get merchandise. So... Carl, a lot of people called with the same voicemail this week. I'm only going to respond to it one time. Okay. Because you all said the same fucking thing. I uh, get it. What, what do we do wrong? Hey, guys. Sir Lipton, one more time. I meant to say it's Vinny. It, uh, the movie you're thinking about, it was Frozen Ground. I watched it maybe about a month ago, and it is horrible, like you were saying. But it was actually John Cusack who plays Stuttering Bob. Uh, Nicholas Cage plays the grizzled hard detective who was out to try to capture him and then 50 cent played some random pimp i don't know why he was in it that movie was straight trash so just giving you a correction you'll probably get more calls about that right, <laughs> fuck y'all and i'll see you in syracuse thank you man thank you i have no plan to go ahead that was my favorite call in regards to any of this because all the other calls are like it's actually a pretty good movie oh yeah. really? <laughs> hey Vinny, hey Vinny, you fucked up hey Vinny. oh bitch 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 <laughs> nicholas cage was a cop yeah i get it all right now we get it and you know what i don't care i don't care i don't care 
Well, you should, Vinny. We try to get uh, the facts right on this show. Listen to the shit. Vinny, I forgot to tell you the name of the movie is The Frozen Ground. That's the name of the movie. You should see it. It's a good movie. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. 9,000 of those this week. I don't care about this movie. <laughs> Thank you for fact-checking, Vinny, sir. I was so... <laughs> Can everybody please continue to uh, fact-check Vinny? Yeah. What's your opinion on Frozen Ground? What did you think? <laughs> All right, I got a couple of voicemails here. Go ahead. Uh, our friend Richard Lucas called into the show. Hey, Carl. This is Richard Lucas. I just wanted to tell you, I was listening to that, uh, that thing about the girl getting her clip ripped off by the fingernail. Yeah. And it reminded me of this time Stutter I was making out with this girl. And she used her teeth, like she's like digging into my gums. Next thing you know, two minutes later, I'm heading for the bathroom and I'm spitting out blood for the next hour and a half. On top of that, she, uh, when I got back, her makeup started to melt off and she looked like the Joker. Thank you, fuck you, bye. All right, maybe not a keeper. Sounds like he was making out with me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jenny's face is scarred. <laughs> It's all scarred and mangled. Uh, here's another voice, voice of an angel. Here's another voicemail about my consequence that's coming up. Face of a victim. I don't know if I agree with this or not. Okay. Really, but I want to get your take on it. Carl, I just heard the cow photographer offer to have dinner with you in Nashville. You got to do it. And be sure to film it. I mean, it's a win-win. You get to finally finish the consequence and... It'd be great bonus content for both podcasts. I mean, come on. How can you say no? Is that man jerking off while he's leaving this voicemail? That was weird. Um, I don't know why people are so uh, enthralled with the cow photographer. Well, he What's and I so had a nice conversation about, about what, Sunday why night. Why is that an interesting thing? Why well, is the cow photographer something that I promised you about? a surprise, Carl. Oh, okay. You are having dinner with the couch photographer at Nashville. Am I really? You are. And you know what? I'm going to do you a favor. Okay. You get to do it Friday night. Friday night. You get to have Perfect. dinner with the couch photographer, and uh, he's going to bring a fun souvenir for you to have. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what And I, was... I hope he puts it right on the table with the <laughs> I wonder food what that's going to smell like. Oh. <laughs> Just leave it right on the table for the whole meal. <laughs> you know what your instructions are. Ugh. Uh, Carl. Yes, Vinny. Have a great time. Oh, Jenny and I will go get something to eat. Okay, sounds I'll take good. Jenny to eat. <laughs> sounds, I'll help her. I'll get a straw for her good, because her face is all mangled from your teeth. She's fine. She's fine. Your wife is the greatest. She's wonderful. She is. Um, I'm sorry we brought her into this. I guess that is uh, the voicemail segment for this week unless you have any more. Nope, that's all I got, buddy. All right, buddy boy. So let's uh, do a scum parade, Carl. Watch out for the scum. Sarasota County, Florida, Carl. Yes. The Sarasota County Sheriff's Office has arrested a man accused of video calling strangers while completely naked. Yes. This is a weird prank. It's a, the new form of prank calls. Yes. Visual sexual assault. The investigation began in mid-February after detectives received at least three reports from victims who received video calls from an unknown man who is completely nude making lewd gestures on camera. Who's answering video calls? I wouldn't answer a video call from my mother. 
let alone a stranger who's FaceTiming me. Pass. How lonely it to be to answer your phone. People like the technology. They just look and go, oh, someone's calling me. Yeah, oh, it's a gentleman who's jerking off. Damn it. If you don't <laughs> recognize the number, probably best not to answer the video call. Yeah, unless you want to answer and just hear. Jacking it, jacking it, jacking it, jack. Spanking it, jacking it, spanking it, smack. <laughs> that was audio from the call. Once in custody, the gentleman by the name of Adam Smith confessed to calling numerous random phone numbers within the past two months. Smith has been charged with a decent exposure, exposure of sexual organs and obscene communication. It's not hard for them to track Yeah, right. Who, where you call from, Video number one. Calling, yeah. And then they were like, oh, look, you have very distinctive tattoos. Yep. Tattoos Your tattoos match. Yeah. This is a bad strategy all around because what are the chances of even calling an attractive female? That you want to jerk off with, right? If it worked once, it was a goddamn miracle. Right. I know. I, I don't understand what this guy's trying to accomplish in any single way. Sounds like a creep, if you ask me. I'm with you. Uh, we're going to go to Lime, New York. You ever heard of this? Uh, yes. I believe this is where uh, Lyme disease is celebrated, right? We got a big statue of Lyme <laughs> disease right up in the square. Uh, I've well, never heard of Lyme, New York, no. I don't know where this is. It's, uh, it says it's western New York somewhere, so okay. I'm guessing it's somewhere in the sticks. But I was done with her witchcraft. That's what 51-year-old Anthony DeBella allegedly told police after the stabby death of his sister in the town of Lyme Thursday morning. Hmm. According to court documents, DeBella reportedly stabbed 67-year-old Wanda Paoli in the head, neck, and face with a bayonet and an awl. A-W-L. Yeah. It's kind of like an ice pick. Yes. I had to look that up. Yeah, I had to as well. The yeah. paper says DeBella told police he killed his sister because she was, quote, getting in the way of me communicating to God. You know what's funny? The irony here is that I bet God would have told him not to kill her. Yeah, if he could have gotten through. If he could have gotten through. And honestly, I am all for killing off witches, right? I mean, I think you would agree with me that witches... So is your creep this week. Yes, witches should be killed, but you got to do it properly. You burn them at the stake, you drown them in a river. Or on a pile of their own belongings on the side of the road. Exactly, exactly Vinny. That's yeah. how you get rid of witches. This guy's stabbing his sister in the head? You're Who just stabs... going to make it angry. Who stabs people in the head? That's a weird place to stab someone. Well, again, he was, quote, done with her witchcraft. Yeah. DeBello is charged with second-degree murder and two counts of fourth-degree criminal possession of a weapon. According to the court documents, DeBello and Paoli were living with their 89-year-old mother when the murder took place. In the papers, police said DeBello called them to report he had stabbed his sister at their home. Jefferson County dispatcher said they received a call from a man named Tony who said that Wanda Paoli is being killed. She is a witch. Killed with a knife and all, and is currently on the porch. <laughs> well, thank you for the call, sir. Thanks for letting <laughs> thank us know. Thank you, sir. Next time, we'll let the authorities handle the witch, but thank you. Yep, yep. Well, we have proper ways to handle witches. <laughs> yes. They involve catapults. When officials arrived, they handcuffed Bell and found Paoli dead on the porch outside the house. Police found their mother unhurt inside the home. And he's like, of course she's dead on the porch. I told y'all she was. I'm a Christian man. I ain't no liar. Mm -hmm. He's a good man right there. According to police, DeBella told them I had to do what I had to did to her because she was getting in the way of me communicating to God. Police say he continued to talk about how, quote, people are worshiping rocks and dirt instead of God. The documents have also, also have a statement from DeBella's Who's brother, worshiping Russell. rocks and dirt? What's he talking about? I think she is probably one of those fucking annoying bros. It's like, I'm a Wiccan. Yeah, probably. Yes. Which, if you're hot, 
wick it up, baby. Yeah, it can work, but not for this woman. No. Nah. It wasn't working for this woman nah. in any way. Either way, their brother Russell in Texas said he spoke with Anthony on the phone, and his brother told him, I killed her, and I stabbed her in the head. Thank yeah. you, Russell. Yeah. Yeah, he cooperated the story. Uh, Anthony Jabella is being held without bail in the county jail. That's a hell of a story, huh? That sounds like a party, that that house right there. So you got brother and sister who are 17 years apart, probably didn't grow up together at all. You got this elderly woman, 89 years old, who's in there like out of it, not even knowing what's going on. Uh, where'd your sister go, huh? Tell your sister to stop laying on the porch and being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell her to cast a, uh, cast a spell that wakes her up. Yeah, because... can, you, can you cast the smell out of this house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I imagine that place just smelled terrible. Everything about that story just screams yep. gross part of Western New York. Yeah. The one thing I don't picture is central air. I'm probably doing a one-nighter in Lyme this fall. <laughs> I just took a bunch of dates. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. Where is Lyme? Uh... Oh, by the way, I will say this. I am playing the Syracuse Funny Bone. Did I tell you this? Oh, no, you didn't. I am going to be there uh, next month with our buddy Jim Florentine. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, we, should, uh, we should get Jim on the show. If you're listening, Jim Florentine is always welcome. Well, you're going to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to find out if he listens to the show. I've never asked him. I know he listens to your show. I'm a little offended by that. Why are you offended by that? You're on my show. I'm also offended by that. <laughs> a woman who allegedly confessed to putting her two-month-old son's body in a trash after she claimed he died while he was sleeping has been killed. Hmm. Now, this is quite the story, Carl. Did you find this one interesting? This, this one is interesting, yes. Ladonia Boggs, 39, was allegedly stabbed to death inside her home in Washington, D.C., the Metropolitan Police Department said in a news release just before 3 a.m. that morning, 5th District detectives responded to alerts of an incident in the area. They found Boggs inside suffering from an apparent stab wound. She was declared dead at the scene. Later on Wednesday, officers from the Kapari Era Regional Fugitive Task Force found and arrested Carl Jones, 44, charging him with second-degree murder while armed. Thanks a lot, Carl. Oh, where'd it go? Carl, that kills people. <laughs> So, either way, this guy, Carl, is the father of the baby. Yes. That she threw in the dumpster. Yes. Now, is that a proper way to dispose of a two month old? No. Because honestly, I think what I would do, I'd go to one of those uh, Goodwill drop off locations. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, because then someone will take care of it. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get good money for it. No. Use I, baby. No, but I do want the tax write off. You know, I just need give to you just, a little pink receipt. Just fill out the paperwork, please, and I'll be on my way. It's a blue receipt if it's a boy. Um, <laughs> this came about a year after she was charged with the death of her son. She was originally charged with felony murder and the presumed death of her son, Ky Kion Jones. Mm -hmm. She allegedly was recorded saying he died in his sleep before she threw his body in the garbage. According to a statement from D.C. police, Kion was last seen alive on May 5th of last year, but wasn't reported missing until two days later. Right. Yeah. So authorities were searching a Virginia landfill for the newborn. His remains have still not been found. So I just want to say, because I read that sentence right there, and I thought, wait, authorities are searching a landfill for a newborn? What's the point of being an authority if you have to do all the fucking dirty work? I'd make the subordinate search through the garbage for a dead baby. 
I, if I'm an authority, that's not my job. I'm not doing that. Report I'm, back to me what you find. I'm with you, Carl. That sounds awful. I'm not going through a landfill looking for a dead baby. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm good. A local missing person advocate would then shared a video of Bugs talking about how her son had died while sleeping in the bed with her. The last thing that I remember was that I had rolled over and he was on my chest. After that, when I was asleep, rolled over, noticed he was unresponsive, and I panicked. That's what she said in some videos. She then went on to detail how she disposed of Kyan's lifeless body, saying she wrapped it in a blanket before throwing it in the trash. This is like when Christopher was high on heroin and sat on Adriana's dog. Little corset! It's <laughs> my favorite scene of the fucking Sopranos. The dog. Tony's about to fucking murder that kid. I yeah. love it. How could you do that to little Cossette? <laughs> it's a sin. Oh shit. Okay. So this whole thing is very suspicious. You Maybe think? it was an accident, but the fact that you wrapped the baby up like Moses and placed it in the dumpster. Yeah. Makes it seem like maybe you're guilty of something. The surveillance footage showed Boggs taking a car seat, a plastic bag, and a cardboard box to a dumpster at her apartment complex. Prosecutors decided not to pursue murder charges, and she was instead charged with tampering with evidence and was awaiting trial when she was stabbed to death. So it says... I don't usually say this often, but I'm on Team Carl. (laughs) I don't get to say this too often. (laughs) It says in the story that... Before the baby was killed, she was taking PCP. It doesn't generally put you to sleep. Correct. Also, PCP is like so 1997. We're all doing meth now. What are you doing? All the cool kids are doing meth. Come on, LaDonia. What are you doing? PCP. You know what she's doing now? Um, Not a fucking thing. Fertilizing plants. I guess that's true. The circle of life. That's right. Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, What's that? <laughs> Officials say a 14-year-old boy strangled and then sexually assaulted a 10-year-old girl. Where, where did this happen? Wisconsin. <laughs> what city? Chippewa Falls. Home run, call me a home run. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <sighs> so this story's hard, man. There's, there's a lot of dark shit in this. The 14-year-old's accused of killing the 10-year-old girl. He knew the girl planned the attack, knocked her down, choked her out before sexually assaulting her. The body of Ileana Peters was found Monday along a walking trail just a day after she went missing while returning home from an aunt's house a few blocks away, sparking anxiety in her small western Wisconsin community. Oh, boy, Ileana, she disappeared. We don't know where she went. (laughs) She was out there walking to her aunt's house, and no one's seen her since then. I have a sister who lives in Wisconsin. That's a, that's a pretty good idea. And I don't go to visit. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part is that you do visit family in Alabama. So what does that say? Uh, the person whose family I visit in Alabama has paperwork on me. <laughs> okay. So the boy identified only by his initials appeared in adult court in Chippewa County by video for a juvenile detention center. Judge Benjamin Lane agreed to district attorney's request for $1 million cash bond. <sighs> the statements regarding this kid's intentions and his statements regarding uh, what he did. He got the girl off the trail. He punched the victim in the stomach, knocked her to the ground, strangled her to death, hit her with a stick, strangling her to the point of death before he then sexually assaulted her. Then he finished the job. Yeah, but how was the girl dressed? Do we know? Like a 10-year-old. So 
Look, this kid's 14 years old. We all went through this phase. I think he deserves another chance here, Vinny. I never went through the phase of murdering oh, come on. younger children come on. and Sometimes raping when them. when you like a girl, you pull her hair or you choke her out and sexually assault her. You know, kid shit. Oh, oh. You're dealing with hormones and things, Vinny. It's a very complicated and confusing time for a young man. Yeah, the judge sealed the criminal complaint, but said after the hearing that the boy is charged with first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree sexual assault, and first-degree sexual assault of a child under the age of 13, resulting in great bodily harm. Well, you know, she's dead, so. Yeah, it's pretty that's, great. That's a lot of bodily harm. <laughs> that body pretty great, all right. At that bodily harm? <laughs> Stupendous. Pretty good. It's a pretty good bodily harm. Out of this world, bodily harm. That's so great. You can't believe the bodily harm. It's amazing. I looked at that and went, that's great work. That's pretty great. <laughs> this kid's going to be popular. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, he's, I hope this, I don't know. Can you have a 14-year-old execute? This is pretty terrible, no, I think that, I think that the kid should be given another chance. I think he's fine. I think we'll he'll get through this. Look, it was what, what, a pretty traumatic event in his life oh. that he had to witness this murder and sexual assault of this poor 10-year-old. But I think he'll get over it. I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> I think he'll get over it. I think he'll be fine. Carl, you are a fucking monster. What? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Do we have anything else we need to go over today? Uh, get your tickets for the... Uh, Stand-up show, whoarethesecomics.com. If you're going to be joining us in Nashville, we're going to have a good old time. Yeah, and let's not forget tickets to our podcast. Uh, WATPlive.com is where you can get those. That's on May 14th in downtown Nashville at the City Winery. It's an awesome venue. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And then you can come see the comedy show at Never Never, which is, I believe, 1.8 miles away from the venue. Something like that. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. So It's a quick we'll, Uber drive away. We'll see you in Nashville. And uh, next week... We'll yes. let, we already know our category. We'll just throw it out there. We're doing creepy. We're going to do the biggest creep in Nashville. We Which I've already to. picked my creep because I forgot that we were doing mothers today. Yeah, but. he texted me some dude's <laughs> name, and I'm like, you realize we're doing mothers I today, Thank God right? I texted that to you. And the reason why I did is because I wasn't sure if we had done him yet or not. You know what would have happened? I don't. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what would have happened <laughs> if exactly. Carl came in. I know exactly what would have happened. I would have tried to gaslight you. You would have... <laughs> You never said that. You never said that. Mother's Day is next weekend, Vinny. What are you talking about? Why would we do Mother's Why would we do Mother's on this show? We're doing Nashville. We got to promote the live show. What do you mean? Uh, we talked about my this. My brain is twitching, and I know you're joking, and I know you're just kidding. I think that and happened. I'm having a fucking physical reaction to your bullshit. <laughs> I would have uh, had a split second where I realized what an idiot I am. And then I would have just gone off on you about what an idiot you are. That's what would have happened. There is no fucking shame in Carl's game, ladies and gentlemen. Not a fucking ounce. Um, Lime, by the way, is right next to Watertown. Oh, home yeah. of Arthur Shawcross. That's correct. Well, they shipped him to Rochester for us. But yeah, um, yeah so it's, it's right on the water, actually. Like right by the uh, Thousand Islands. Looks, looks like a nice area. Oh, well, lots of rocks and dirt. I, I worship those rocks and dirt. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Lots of rocks and dirt for my whore witch sister to be buried in. <laughs> Either way, I'm out of here. This is a uh, a fun, fun episode. Oh, I thought it was disturbing. Oh, I mean, yeah, I really fun. enjoyed it. There was torture, baby murder. Yeah, it was a fun time. Fun the time. The bodily harm was great. We could both agree on that. Might be the name of this episode. Great bodily harm. <laughs> 
All right, folks. On that note, thanks for uh, supporting the show. Uh, make sure you vote. Visit thecreepoff.com to vote this week on who you thought brought the breaker creep. Follow us on Instagram at creepoffpod. Follow us on Twitter at creepoffpod. And I got to say, that dude who did that poster of you, me, the, oh, the Axis Powers. The Axis Powers is great. With Mr. Fucking Fuji as Vic's great. Japanese. Step Very father. funny. Very funny. Very well done. So well done. Very well. I love it so much. Thank you. Uh, on that note, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Leave us a voicemail, 585-371-8108. I forgot that part. Gagia. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. Don't interrupt me, cunt. Thank you. Alcohol is bad. You shouldn't drink alcohol. Drugs are bad. What the fuck are you doing? May your enemies be cursed in your podcast adventures. (coughs) But I'm a creep.